Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Zebra Talk podcast, where we shine a little light onto the untold lives and stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right, I'm talking about the referees. I'm joining you today from wherever I happen to be this weekend, and for now and for the foreseeable future, that's my couch. COVID's a thing, right? I'm joined today by the illustrious, the uh, incomparable, the incredible referee Jeremy Marcus from uh, New Japan USA. How you doing today, Jeremy? Hey, Odie. Thank you for that awesome introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm welcome. good. I'm good. I am also stuck at home right now. As we all are right now. It's been a pretty crazy year so far. I don't really want to like, you know, harp on it too much because we're all going through it. But uh, how have things changed the most for you? I mean, obviously, we got to ask about it, right? Yeah, you know, uh, same as everyone, just you kind of stop doing certain things that you love to do. So for me, that's, you know, going on tour uh, with New Japan. Um, fortunately, I was able to go to Japan at the start of 2020 uh, and, you know, do one tour in the U.S. and then COVID hit and um, haven't been able to get out and be in front of fans and travel at all. So I'd say that, you know, that's been the biggest impact. Yeah, absolutely. Same here, obviously, you know, like uh, we're – pretty similar uh, career experiences and we're both kind of at that point where every weekend it was like we were going somewhere and now it's been so strange to just be home for so long but I mean yeah very fortunate uh, to be able to take part in uh, you know the New Japan Strong tapings and were you part of Primetime Live at any point or were you not able to take part in that? Yes I was uh, I did the first two episodes of Primetime Live. Very cool. So How yeah I think that? sorry what was that? Uh, how did you enjoy that? What was your experience like? I really enjoyed it. it. You know, it was live pay-per-view. So it's always a rush, as you know, to to be in front of a live camera. So any mistakes that you make, you can't redo. And, um, you know, our, our times had to be exact because we had to be out of there at 730. You had to be off the air. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure for pay-per-view. And, you know, it's a fun experience. It's a cool experience. Absolutely. I'm still very eagerly anticipating whenever I get to have my first uh, live um, pay-per-view setting. Like I, I've been on a lot of like live uh, IWTV tapings and fight TV tapings and stuff like that, but you know, they can go as long as they want. Uh, so it'll be yeah. to make that transition. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, let's knock out the general questions real quick. You know, like, uh, when did you start watching wrestling? When did you decide that you wanted to become a referee? And uh, what was your first experience with wrestling? I started watching wrestling when I was really little. So I have an older brother who's five years older than me. So he was probably eight years old uh, when he was watching wrestling in the early 90s. So I was about three years old just watching it with him. So I just have very early memories of going to the video store across the street from our house and renting whatever tapes that I could find. Um, it's a lot of the old WWF Coliseum videotapes. So much. Big and like, so yeah. <laughs> people, uh, you know, like your childhood and history and everything. Were you a tape trader? I wasn't a trader, no, but I definitely had my fair share of videotapes um, that, you know, I would just collect from the video store whenever they would be selling them. I'd try to save up some money to buy them. Um, and then I had a cousin in Florida, actually, an older cousin who would record the pay-per-views mm -hmm. and send me the VHS. So they would watch the pay-per-views and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, legally, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what? You didn't record yeah. <laughs> <at> his wedding. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, and um, I decided to get into wrestling after my CPA exam, um, just because I've always loved wrestling, I've always enjoyed it, I've had a, you know, a passion for it, I wanted to learn as much as I could about it and be involved with it. And I decided to become a referee because I didn't want to be a wrestler. I didn't want to take all the bumps and get beat up, you know, like the wrestlers do. And as refs, sometimes we do get bumped around and beat up, but not nearly as bad. So, um, you know, I still get to be in the ring. I still get to be a part of the action and be a part of the match. But uh, it's more of a skill set that suits me. Absolutely. I've always appreciated uh, yourself, you know, me, Nick, uh, there's a handful, you know, not even just a handful, but like a whole generation of uh, referees that are active right now that, you know, preceding us, um, it was more of a rarity for people to join with the intention to become a referee. And I think that's yeah. kind of uh, a big indicator as to why like the, um, the quality of refereeing has like uh, increased, at least on the indies, you know, like televised referees have always been, you know, top notch, but uh, yeah, you kind of, get that experience when you walk into a locker room for the first time, at least when we first started you know, people just, you know, assuming that you were going to be terrible because that was what they had experienced so far. Um, so yeah, we're very fortunate that we're in such a, uh, a referee surge, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of great referees out there. Um, you know, I, I always appreciate that you, me and Nick at championship wrestling from Hollywood would just, be such a, a good crew together and work so well with each other and learn from each other and grow together. You know, we, we would have people come from out of state and compliment us, three of us, like as a referee crew and say, wow, you, you know, they would tell Dave, wow, you guys have an amazing referee crew. So, um, I mean, you know, it's nice to compliment ourselves or whatever, but yeah, it's all Nick. Like, of course. Or at least they were <laughs> back in when, you know, we didn't know anything. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we uh, lucky to have Nick there because, you know, as um, you're well aware and as the viewers are going to learn at, or listeners um, as they take in this podcast, a lot of referees uh, actually aren't provided with a trainer uh, when they first start in, the re uh, in learning how to referee, but you actually had a unique experience. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you transitioned into pro wrestling. Tell us about Santino Brothers and what it was like to actually have a trainer on hand. So I started with Santino Bros in 2013, I think August 2013. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I emailed them and told them I wanted to be a ref and they said, sure, come on down. And uh, I think my first class, uh, I remember Bateman and, and Ray's being there and Robbie Phoenix, of course, was training. Um, you know, there may have been a couple other students there as well. And they just had me ref. And that was my first class. And I was, you know, super nervous for it. Uh, <laughs> go, right? Like ref. I mean, I, of course, they blew me up first and I did a bunch of drills and I was not in shape at all. So uh, it was <laughs> a rude awakening. But um, maybe a... A month in or so they brought in Jason McCord who was their referee to actually teach a ref class so Saturday mornings at I think 9 a.m. we would meet for an hour with just the refs and you know we would just go over positioning and counts and admonishments and you know everything that a ref does and then the wrestlers would come in at 10 a.m. and then we'd have another couple hours of class and we would do the wrestling class and all the refs would do the same drills as the wrestlers and, um, you know, sometimes even run spots uh, and learn, learn all the moves and stuff. 
So that was my experience for the first four or five months. Um, and then I debuted at the Santino Pro Show. And then I don't, you know, I would still go to training, but it would be a lot of wrestling based training. So I'd actually learn how to wrestle. And um, I did that for about a year or maybe a year and a half. What was your schedule like when you were training? Was it like every day? Was it a couple of days out of the week? Um, uh, it was usually just one day a week that I would go. Okay. I cool. think it, it was usually on Saturday that I would go. Gotcha. And so Jason came in and was giving you this like kind of crash course introduction into, you know, how to uh, behave as a referee, how to, you know, give admonishments. Like you were saying, uh, can you give us a little bit more detail about like what admonishments are? Like that, w that was a, a word that I was familiar with, obviously, like, you know, just from vocabulary or whatever, but like I had never really heard it used as often as in professional wrestling. Uh, go into a little detail about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So anytime a wrestler breaks a rule, you have to admonish them for it. So if a wrestler is choking another wrestler, you know, they have to the count of five to break it. Otherwise, they're disqualified. But you also have to give them a verbal warning sure. um, afterwards to let them know that they're not allowed to do that. Um, Drill that in, you know. Yeah, keep, you know, keep on them. Uh, you know, I'm sure in the heat of the moment, they want to do things like choke or or gouge someone's eyes or you maybe maybe use the ropes illegally or something yes, you know, and it's up to us to remind them that it's not okay <laughs> not within the rules absolutely um tell us a little bit about your first show that you run how long into your training uh did it take for you to make your debut you were just talking about it a minute ago uh I, about five months into my training i think so uh, i debuted in january of 2014 sure. and yeah I don't remember a whole lot. <laughs> um, I just remember being really nervous for it, of course. Um, I had bought a rep shirt from Big Five that was near Santino Bros, and it was still in the bag, and they showed up into the locker room, and uh, Jack Studd came up to me and was like, you've got your gear in a bag? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's my rep shirt I just bought. He's like, oh, you're a ref? Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, at least you got mistaken for a like wrestler when you walked into the locker room. Everybody looking at me whenever I walk into a locker room, they don't even think I'm a ref. They're just like, why are you here? Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> um, do you remember who your first match was? It was... Uh, Pinky and Don Sparks. Uh, did that, uh, how did that go for you? What was your experience like? Um, you know, I think it, everything just moved a lot faster than I was expecting. Sure. And I was nervous, but I, you know, my trainer said I was ready at the time, then I was ready at the time. And I just went out there. I don't really remember the specifics of the match. I remember after the match, um, I think Pinky had won. And so uh, Donnie did, did like the strikeout kid gimmick. It was like a baseball gimmick. Yeah. So he came out with a baseball bat. And he asked me for the bat. And he was like laying down in the middle of the ring. And I like brought him the bat and was hovering over him. Like, here's your bat. You know, and he was like still selling. And it didn't make any sense. and looked weird. And he was like, you know, next time, just leave it on the apron. <laughs> I'll go and get it. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you're the ref. Why'd you bring me a weapon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had a pretty fun learning experience uh, really, really early on as well. That was kind of like that where um, Ian Hansman uh, was uh, part of my like training crew. I had a bunch of people that were helping me learn, but um, 
he was wrestling somebody and I was refing the match and uh, he bumped them and they were laying on their stomach and he laid down on top of their back uh, and looked up at me and screamed, what are you doing? Get down and count. And I dropped down to my knees and I started counting and he goes, what are you doing? He's on his stomach. (laughs) You're right. That's a, that's a really good way to teach me that lesson. Thanks. I I, I appreciate that. I'm never going to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you have to learn the hard way, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, I remember a similar same thing uh voice legrand uh was wrestling and and, like had somebody on the outside and um i think it was i don't remember why i was on the outside with him but it wasn't falls count anywhere because like he pinned them on the outside and tried to get me to do the same thing i'm like nah brother it's not gonna happen (laughs) um anyway what's the uh what's the most recent match that you've refed um as of this recording it was um it was a six man, uh, Brody King and the Regal Twins against uh, Chris Dickinson, J.R. Kratos, and Danny Limelight. Making his big, much anticipated debut, which uh, is pretty great. Uh, for those of yeah. you who know who we're talking about, Chris Dickinson, uh, the Dirty Daddy, as he likes to be called, uh, is um, one of the better professional wrestlers anywhere in the world right now. And I think all of us can agree that we've been waiting a long time for him to make his new Japan debut. So congratulations. Absolutely. How was your experience? What did you think of the match? Uh, What, tell us about it from your perspective. It was intense. Um, You know, we talked about primetime live briefly, but that was the first time at primetime live that I had a ref Chris Dickinson before, and he's really intense in the ring. So (laughs) he's got a really step up uh and meet his intensity to try to keep control of the match because he doesn't stop moving forward nope. you know, and he doesn't stop hitting and he doesn't stop yelling and <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's an intense guy so yeah. um no i really enjoyed the match though um you know it it's been one thing that i've learned a lot at new japan is how to uh, try to get better control of a six-man tag or an eight-man tag because sure. as you know they break down pretty easily yeah absolutely. so just trying to keep everyone on the outside of the ring when they're on the outside of the ring make sure they don't all rush in um and you know have eyes in the back of my head while keeping an eye on the action in the ring absolutely and I've found, you know, as we've gotten older in our careers and, you know, started working at more professional places and made, you know, better um, relationships with the wrestlers that we're, we're working with, uh, it's a little bit easier to control those kind of situations. You know, when you're a young kid that may or may not even be sticking around for more than a year, I, I found that a lot of wrestlers will just kind of do what they want sometimes. But <laughs> anyway. Good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what would you say is, um, you know, if you, if you can't isolate one, you can mention a few, but like, what's your favorite match? Do you have one that you've participated in? Uh, you know, it's such a tough question right? to answer. And it, it, I think it, like it changes, you know, it yeah. changes. Um, and I feel like I have different, different favorites throughout different parts of my career. Like early on in my career, I refed uh, Che Cabrera against Brian Kendrick for the Santino Rose Heavyweight Championship. And I think that was my first title match that I did. And that was one that was just really special to me. Um, As it should be. I mean, that's a great match to be able to ref. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
obviously getting to ref uh, the LA Dojo Boys inside of the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom, you know, was surreal and a special moment. Uh, you know, that was really cool. What, um, what was that like? Like, uh, describe, you know, your feelings. Like, describe just from being backstage to getting to the ring. Like, did you just go ahead? Um, you know, just before the show even started, just being there and them doing the video test and the sound tests and everything, and just hearing everything just echo throughout this huge dome uh, was insane. <laughs> I know, and Rocky Romero came up to me and you know, he said I looked really nervous, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, you know, maybe just a little bit." <laughs> um, but you know, just walking out to the ring, uh, we as the refs, or at least me, especially on the pre-show, didn't walk down the ramp that the wrestlers use. I walked through the side um, or from the back, the other side of the ring. Sure. So I was walking by all of these people and just seeing how big everything was. Yeah. Um, you know, it was uh, an awesome feeling. Um, and just being in the ring, just, you know, trying to tell myself that it's the same thing that I've done everywhere else. It's wrestling. Yeah. It's so. funny that you mentioned Rocky saying like how nervous you look, um, because in my experience, you know, knowing you and working with you and being friends with you, uh, I've found that you are probably the most nervous referee I've ever met that is also like the most professional and like talented referee that I've ever met like obviously you know there's varying degrees of like capability and talent and stuff like that and we'll get there eventually right but like your capability inside of the ring does not match like it it, it doesn't justify how nervous you are you know I'm always like so confused when I see you like sweating bullets backstage and I'm like Jeremy do you know how good you are <laughs> like shut up <laughs> you're fine <laughs> but, thank you yeah usually it's fine but I always get nervous you know even going in front of five people I would get nervous <laughs> so and I, you know I did up all nights yeah after I had um done New Japan various times and i'd get nervous for up all nights and i was in front of just santino students yeah so. <laughs> i mean it shows that you care right it shows that you yeah. really don't want to make a mistake and that you that you care yeah yeah so would you say that that was your favorite match experience or do you have one that you'd rather uh kind of slide into that slot mm, you know that i mean that probably was my favorite um you know <sighs> I would go with that one. I'm trying to think if there are other ones that I've done. I mean, I'm sure that there are just right off the top of my head. That's the first one that kind of comes to mind, the one that usually comes to mind. And um, It's fresh in your mind. Let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, what? Uh, who were the competitors in the match and uh, what was your experience like? Uh, it was the LA Dojo against the Nogue Dojo. Um, so it was the Japanese Young Lions um, against the LA Dojo. And... Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I don't remember like who came out first or anything like that. I just remember standing in my spot in the ring, um, not wanting to get in the way of the wrestlers and then checking them before the match and then calling for the bell. Um, and then honestly, it was all just a blur after that. <laughs> Wild, isn't it? Like that's <laughs> been uh my experience as well with the majority of the matches that i've ref like i think that's because we're just 
like living in the moment and we're reacting naturally and not trying to like catalog or you know mentally like record what's going on so when excuse me we're done it's just gone <laughs> yeah so yeah. thankfully we record it <laughs> yeah yeah you know I, I watched it back um after it happened but you know not recently within the last few months yeah. so it's not it's not really fresh in my mind um, I remember the LA Dojo one, obviously, because there's a picture of us, yeah. <laughs> me raising my hand. Have you ever so. had an experience where you like see video or photos of you in a match that you have no memory of? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, or I should say it's more so like uh, if people are talking about a match and I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great match. And they're like, you were the ref. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no, I think something that you do that I also started to do uh, after you was to catalog a lot of matches. Oh, I don't. I, no? I should, and I've tried a couple of times. I actually, uh, I, I didn't for the first like two years that I was refing, and then my trainers showed me their notebooks that were just like full of matches at one point. And I was like, I need to do this. Otherwise I'm never going to be able to remember everything that I've done. Um, and I went through my Facebook, my Instagram and all this stuff. And, you know, obviously my memory and my own photos. And I just looked for as many photos as I could of all the matches that I've done. And I filled out a couple of pages of a notebook. Um, and it was somewhere in like 150 or 200, you know, like, just within the first couple of years and i was like cool i'm gonna record everything going forward and then i lost the notebook oh no so yeah i haven't tried again since <laughs> but you were saying you've started doing that yeah i could have sworn it was after a conversation with you but maybe it was uh somebody else that i was talking to um and they said that they recorded their matches and i thought it was a good idea you know you never know just to look back on it one day uh just to reminisce of the different matches so uh, i'm not great at keeping up with it i don't do it after you know every match that i do but i'll kind of go back and um it's a lot easier now uh that i'm with new japan because my matches are all on world new japan world so i can kind of go back and you know see what matches i've done and write them down not to mention you're not doing like 27 50 yeah. something matches every weekend anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh do you have a match style that you prefer to ref or one that you don't like to ref what uh what are your opinions going in like if you had your pick of the card in front of you like what do you like to do what do you not like to do um you know i think just like a basic singles match is probably my favorite type of match to ref same um you know I've gotten a lot better at tags. I used to be really afraid to do tags and just really nervous. Um, as we touched on earlier, I'm nervous I get uh, to do tags, but I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it. And it's still an area that I continue to grow in and that I get a little bit more and more confident at every time I do it. Sure. So um, something I appreciate more. Uh, I don't think that you're alone. You know, like the majority yeah. of the referees that we hear from talking about this kind of subject, like, Referees dread tag team matches until it kind of clicks in their brain. And until, you know, we're at that point where, like we were saying before, we have the rapport with the boys where like, they'll actually, you know, give us the respect that we need uh, in order to be able to perform at uh, our best level in a tag team match. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, in New Japan, there is an elimination tag where eliminations can occur over the top rope in addition to pinfall and submission. So uh, that's a really fun one to do. Nice. <laughs> I think I've done three of them in my career and they've all been a lot of fun. It's very uh, reflective of the old NWA rules of like disqualification over the top rope, which I personally love that rule. You know, obviously it's a little difficult to um, enforce in modern uh, wrestling, but you know, we still utilize it at championship wrestling from Hollywood. And um, yeah, I really like that. Um, moving right along. Tell us a little bit about uh, who Jeremy is outside of the stripes. What's, what's your real life like? Um, I went to UCLA for college, so I like uh, to follow UCLA sports, um, even though we're actually good at basketball this year, but we were underwhelming in football. <laughs> but you had a in football today, Mr. LA Rams fan. Yeah, you know, to be recording this game, uh, this podcast today, the Rams beat the Seahawks in the playoffs. Uh, just now so like things where you know it's like uh, captain america or back to the future where we like wake up and we're talking about rams versus seahawks <laughs> what a, what a long year anyway unfortunately go ahead. uh a few of the rams players got hurt aaron donald got hurt and cooper cup and um the backup quarterback who was the starting quarterback got hurt so we'll see what next week looks like <laughs> but hey anytime you can beat the seahawks and beat uh pete carroll who used to be a USC coach, you know, just warms my heart. I'm sure it um, does, you know, with the, uh, the intense rivalry. <laughs> it's funny the way that, like, uh, sports rivalries, like, kind of permeate even through, like, the uh, consciousness of people that aren't that into sports. Like, I'm, you know, a self-professed, like, Raiders fan because I'm from Oakland, but, you know, I don't really watch football that much. But I sure do know all about the rivalry with the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have any other sports that you like to watch or any other kind of stuff that you do in your free time? Uh, I do like to watch uh, basketball, NBA, um, the Lakers, you know, who just won a championship last year. What? Um, oh, yeah. Dynasty. Oh, yeah. Defending champs. <laughs> um, and MMA, I like to watch uh, UFC and, you know, sometimes I'll catch a Bellator fight um, by the time. Um, that's actually something that I really miss doing is going to those fights mm -hmm. uh, just because like uh, at a wrestling show I'm always working right so at a fight I can kind of sit back and relax and just watch it and just really uh, enjoy the atmosphere and not have to do anything Absolutely. and not feel like I need to do anything <laughs> um, you had a pretty great opportunity to uh, sit back and relax uh, a couple of weeks ago did you enjoy Wrestle Kingdom I'm sure you did what did you think of the show Oh, it was great. I loved it. Um, you know, so many great matches. Obviously, everyone is going to talk about uh, Kota Bushi and Jay White wrestling for 48 minutes. Yeah, right. Event, which was insane. Um, but, you know, top to bottom, like, both nights were, were great. And um, I miss being there, of course, but it was nice. You know, it's always great to watch it. And I was happy uh, for everyone that was there. Absolutely. You know, um, I was happy for Jeff Cobb, who yeah, it was uh, crazy to see you and I both know from in the country time on the Indies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wrestling a Wrestle Kingdom against Shingo Takagi, and they had a hell of a match, just a banger. 
So. Absolutely. I love those kind of matches, you know, just like two big hoss dudes that aren't necessarily like wrestling like hosses, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, not every like big guy wrestles like a Stan Hansen or something like that, you know, with, uh, using their power, but also like using traditional style like wrestling. You know, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I really I haven't experienced it personally, but it's always funny to me is when wrestlers talk about how Jeff Cobb lifts them up like they weigh nothing. <laughs> so, you know, fortunately, I haven't experienced it because I haven't been tossed around and I don't want to be. <laughs> but it's always something that uh, I enjoy when they talk about it on commentary, especially like there's a wrestler on commentary and they're like, yeah, he just tosses you around like it's nothing. And I weigh 250 pounds. Literally every person that I've ever heard talk about Jeff uh, has said that he is by and large the strongest person they've ever met in wrestling. I, uh, I refereed him versus Hammerstone uh, in like my first year before they, you know, shot off to everything that they were doing. Um, and we get into the back and Hammerstone's already like jacked to the gills, but like Jeff Cobb has been that size that he is, yeah. <laughs> that he is the whole time. Um, and yeah, we get into the back and Hammerstone just kind of yells at the locker room. He's like, that's the difference between show muscles and go muscles. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Uh, moving right along. Um, tell us a little bit about referees that you looked up to uh, when you were training or people that you study now. Who are some of the names that you like to, you know, like watch tape and review and like, you know, kind of. Um, is there anybody that you send your stuff to and have them give you notes, things like that? Um, yeah, so many different refs. You know, right now I, I watch a lot of film with Marty Elias. Uh, he really does a great job of breaking down little things. And I'll ask him just kind of little details about my positioning or my posture. Um, and he'll kind of give me some good feedback there. Um, you know, uh, I watch a lot of red shoes now that, you know, that I work for New Japan. He's our top official and uh, I love watching him. He's got such a unique style. Yeah. Um, I was studying him a lot more closely uh, this time around. Um, you know, I'm, uh, as you know, I'm trying to invest more time in New Japan right now than I have in the past because uh, it's a lot more accessible than I've found it to be um, in the past. Or maybe that's just my own um, issue, but my point is I was studying uh, Red Shoes a lot more closely this time. And uh, it was very cool, like you were saying, to see his particular style, the way that he does things, you know, how he um, lets his relationship with the wrestler kind of affect how he refs them. Yeah. He has a memory, you know. Uh, he knows that Jay White tries to bend the rules. Yeah, so loved the he's going to... It's going to have him on a tight leash. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the moment at the beginning of the match before they'd even started where Red Shoes comes over to Jay and he's just like, no crap from you this time. None of it. I don't want any of it. It was so great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're saying. Uh, um, you know, yeah, Red Shoes and obviously uh, Marty Asami and uh, Kenta Sato are the two other current active referees with New Japan. So um, I watched their matches as well. And then as far as American refs, uh, Charles Robinson is a ref that I really love to watch. Absolutely. Um, Mike Giotta. Most legendary referees of all time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, you know, I watch so many different refs. Um, 
you know, I'll watch, you know, I try to watch all the WWE and NXT refs. Um, I watch AEW refs. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go back and watch WCW and watch uh, Nick Patrick a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to you know, try and take things from as many different places as you can. Um, yeah. When I first got involved in wrestling, one of the things that I noticed right away was the people who are the most successful are the people who don't just stay in one place and have one, you know, flow of information coming in. They go to different schools, they go to different companies, they talk to different people, they, you know, glean as much information as they possibly can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're actually, uh, you know, fortunately for the kids in Southern California right now, in a position like that yourself, uh, you have started your own referee class. How's that going for you? Yeah, you know, it just kind of naturally happened. I was uh, going to teach five weeks um, at in our Santino Bros Advocates class, which is everything but wrestling um, so that they can learn, you know, the different skills outside of wrestling, uh, refing, commentating, announcing, uh, filming, you know, audio, whatever, everything to, to make themselves valuable to a wrestling company. So I was going to do five weeks of just kind of like a referee crash course sure, and then sure. COVID hit. So I didn't actually get to do that. And I knew that one of the students um, wanted to be a ref and that's why he joined. So I connected with him and we started watching film and he said, Oh, you know, there are these other two students who are also interested in being a ref. And I said, Oh, oh okay, great. So the three of us got together and um, have been doing zooms, um, you know, almost every week. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we brought in different refs. Like you've come a couple of times to teach you. Yeah. You. No, 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 no. I don't yeah. Care. You. <laughs> Actually, um, I'm like anxiously awaiting whatever I feel comfortable enough to have my own class. I love teaching refs, but go ahead, keep going. Yeah, no, you'd be great at it. Um, and it, you know, um, you don't know how much you know until you start uh, talking to people that are just breaking in and, yeah. you know, you're trying to give them the best advice that you can and, you know, uh, bring them in the right way. Uh, and fortunately, you know, I, you know, I've been able to talk to chaos a lot and learn from him as far as uh, how to effectively teach them. Um, And he'll come to some of our classes too and kind of give his input, uh, which is great. But, you know, at this point, we've been going pretty much since the start of quarantine almost. Um, And we're ready for this vaccine to come (laughs) so we can get in the ring and have some practice matches and you know get these kids on the road (laughs) have your students been able to ref yet have they had any matches at all yet uh they haven't uh debuted yet we have done some practice matches okay there was a point in time where it seemed like covid might have been slowing down and so we would all get tested and then uh, maybe three or four times we got together so they have a couple practice matches under their belts but you know um as of this recording, you know, COVID's pretty bad. So yeah. uh, we decided it's best not to do in-person classes. And, you know, we've gone back to doing Zooms again. It's going to be really interesting to see, you know, kind of the role reversal when it comes to how people are, like, usually trained. You know, usually we get thrown into the ring and, like you, like myself, you know, just go ref. Uh, these guys have had 
literally months and months of theory and studying and it's going to be really interesting to see how that translates into their abilities as referees i'm really excited to see it yeah yeah me too and you know uh they they think that they may not be ready to get in there and ref, you know, yeah, uh, feels like, feels like <laughs> yeah, it feels like if they had to go ref a match, they would be thrown into the fire. But like you said, they've been studying theory. We've been watching matches and doing match breakdown and um, just going into different detail of the different duties of the referees uh, that I feel, you know, they can probably hold their own more than they think. Um, and it'll obviously just come down to getting in the ring and having that experience because there's no substitute for experience. Yeah. You just need to get the reps. Um, and with them, it'll be no different. But, uh, you know, I think they'll be able to recognize um, different parts of a match and uh, different interactions with wrestlers. And, um, you know, we we're talking about admonishments earlier. Uh, when to be more stern, you know, you know, what's kind of a casual admonishment if the wrestlers are locked up and they're in the ropes, you know, maybe you're not going to be as uh, heavy handed as if they were using the ropes to, to choke another wrestler. Sure. So things like that, of you know, when to really use their authority and step in uh, when it's necessary. So I think they'll have a better grasp of that, having studied it for a few months. Definitely. Um, you kind of mentioned as you were talking uh, the different referee duties. What kind of uh, roles do you play outside of the ring? Uh, and what kind of roles do you have that are, um, let's say, Jeremy Marcus versus referee Jeremy Marcus? Obviously, there's some things that you do that are just you, the person, versus your referee duties. Um, you know, uh, with New Japan, I have so many different uh, tasks that I do outside of the ring. So, uh, you know, I help book the travel, um, the hotels and the flights. Um, right now I'm in charge of the COVID testing. So I booked the COVID tests and, you know, I've, uh, fortunately, when you say that you're doing work for new Japan, do you mean specifically new Japan USA or new Japan? Um, well, so new Japan of America is owned, uh, is a, an American company that's owned uh, by New Japan um, in Japan. So, you know, uh, I'm employed by New Japan of America, um, gotcha. but, you know, we are a subsidiary of a larger, a larger company. So the work I do mostly now is just in America. Um, so it'll be the, you know, like I mentioned, the travel, the COVID testing, um, you know, I'm kind of like a wrestler liaison, uh, if they need anything, you know, when, you know, when we're on tour or anything like that, or uh, if the young lions need anything at all, they'll come to me and I, you know, try to help them find whatever answers they need. Um, you know, I, I clean the dojo. I, you know, I will contact venues. I'll do, you know, whatever work needs to be done, different um, admin and, you know, the jack of all trades. That you had to do for uh, your work now. Sorry, what was that? What's the strangest task that you've had to do so far? Hmm. I mean, a I good question. Like testing in general is pretty. Strange I mean, that yeah, you know, that is strange, and um, 
I talked to Kevin Kelly one time and he's like, I bet you can't wait for this COVID stuff to be over. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I mean, that, you know, that is probably like the strangest um, just because it's so different and so unique and you have to think about uh, a, this virus that can incubate so you can test negative for it, but you still have to quarantine because maybe you'll be positive in a few days. So, um, you know, just coming up with protocols to protect the wrestlers and the, the staff, um, you know, outside of that, it's funny. Like I'll, I'm like a part-time janitor too, as part of my job. So I'll be like scrubbing a toilet at work and just be like, wow, I went from being a manager at a CPA firm <laughs> to no, scrubbing this toilet, but I'm <laughs> so happy, you know, to be with New Japan and be doing that. <laughs> I had a, a similar experience. Like uh, I, like yourself, was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to go to Japan last year. And um, I remember, you know, I was part of a, a deathmatch show and I was taking part in the like non-deathmatch matches uh, not a big fan of counting on glass. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of blood everywhere from all of the death matches that had taken place. And after the show was over, it fell to us naturally to, you know, clean up the building and the ring itself and everything. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of a very sobering moment, a very humble moment, but also a very like happy moment to be on my hands and knees cleaning. I don't even know whose blood off of the ground. <laughs> in tokyo like yeah. wow this is probably the most wrestling experience i'm ever gonna have <laughs> uh, it was pretty great um i'm assuming that's the farthest you've ever traveled for wrestling but uh not counting japan what uh is the furthest that you've ever gone um uh, probably israel oh it, uh, i meant yeah. in wrestling but that's oh i'm sorry in wrestling um and then wrestling the furthest i've gone would be uh new york okay very cool you went for uh, uh wrestlemania uh we were uh, rooming together uh about a year or two yeah ago, right? yeah yeah um, yeah yeah um and i think i had gone one other time oh no that was philly i think i did czw or maybe that was in new jersey i guess and then i was also in philly uh at a different time Kind of funny that uh, we bring that up, the whole like going to New York together and staying in the same place. Uh, I was um, talking to Rob Warren a couple of days ago and so much has happened since that. And I haven't really like recounted that weekend in my mind very much or that week in my mind very much just because so much has happened since then uh, that he was telling me something about having like a, a pin from the WWN live show and uh, my brain goes, oh yeah, you were there too, weren't you? And then we were having like a more in-depth conversation and to his credit, he never called me out on it. And then my brother clicked <laughs> at one point and I was like, you were rooming with us, weren't you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I was. There was. Oh man, I'm so sorry, brother. <laughs> uh, it's wrestling, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, you meet somebody like four times and everything <laughs> feels like the first time, but you know, you guys have spent hours and hours together, but you meet so many people and travel to so many places. It's easy to forget things. Yeah. Uh, him and uh, Chris Bay. Yeah. It's also crashing with us. It was pretty funny to have uh, Chris Bay tagging along for all the like referee uh, <laughs> outings that we had. That was pretty great. Uh, I will never 
uh, not get a kick out of him being in the picture of the first Zebra Talk breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Just chilling there like, uh, yep, I'm here too. <laughs> special guest referee. Yeah, right. We really do got to get him to do a special guest ref spot at some point. I wonder if he's that. Um, what was your experience like with that week? Did you enjoy yourself? Uh, you got to debut while you were there, right? Um, that week, I'm trying to remember um what it shows i even worked i did wrestlecon um i did a wrestlecon show i actually just happened i did three in the same day i think um i went in the morning so long for one yeah they're all in the same building in the same room so i went for the morning one and then i just kind of hung out and then the one after that was rev pro uh with a lot of new japan guys so yeah. they recognized me and then um, uh, Chris Roberts, who was a referee uh, for RevPro at the time, uh, who's now with uh, NXT UK, I believe, um, uh, you know, said that the other ref that was supposed to be there um, didn't show up. So he's like, hey, do you have your gear with you? Do you want to ref? I said, yeah, of course, absolutely. Why so not? I did a couple of matches on that show, which was amazing. And then um, uh, whatever the nighttime show was, I did that one too. Um, and it's funny. Yeah, how it was a long day. It was so much fun though. <laughs> it's funny how, when you get put into those situations where, you know, it's just like a matter of convenience, pretty much, you know, they just see that you're there, you have your stuff, you didn't suck. All right, cool. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously you've been able to cross a lot of goals off of your list. Uh, you know, been able to work in a lot of amazing places with some really incredible people you have made a hell of a career for yourself you know if you don't mind me saying so like it, if you were to quit tomorrow like there's a lot of people who would probably spend their whole career and not be able to match some of the stuff that you've done what's left on your list what do you still want to accomplish where are your goals lying obviously you're going to be with new japan for a while but i'm sure you still have a few uh few things on the horizon that you're looking towards um you know Right now, I just am really focused on getting back to Japan. Uh, it, you know, in theory, it'll happen, but I don't know when. Um, so I'm just doing what I can to prove myself, uh, you know, every day, my boss, that I deserve, that I'm valuable to this company, and I deserve uh, the plane ticket to go to Japan. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of my goal. I want to do a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom love to do a singles title match at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, so, you know, uh, with New Japan, um, there's kind of a referee hierarchy. Yeah. So I know that yeah, I just kind of have to wait and just keep working hard and eventually um, I'll move up and I'll, I'll get that opportunity. Um, so, you know, I see Red Shoes um, doing a 48 minute match after he just did like a 25 or 30 minute match back to back. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, to me, like that's what I aspire to do. Yeah. Something like that. And to do that at such a high level, um, you know, the, I think new Japan is the best wrestling in the world. Um, and for him to be able to ref, the, you know, the main event and the co-main event of wrestle kingdom. And, um, you know, obviously he's sweating, but he, he does a great job with it. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, I, I consider that to be a successful career. Um, 
you know, and as long as I'm learning and as long as I'm growing, then I'm happy. At the end of the day, you know, whether it's within wrestling or, you know, in the grander scope of life is, you know, I think it's important uh, for me and for us to just grow as individuals to learn and, you know, become better people. Absolutely. Uh, you've been ramping up your fitness a lot in the last uh, year or two. Uh, do you have any like fitness goals that you have in mind right now? Uh, what kind of things are you doing with that these days? Um, I, you know, one goal I, that I have is to gain a little bit of weight. So it's always been something that I struggle with. And, you know, whenever I tell that to a lot of people, they're like, I wish I didn't have, you know, I couldn't gain weight. <laughs> I'm like, you know, there's, I don't, maybe it was Chris Tucker or somebody said like a fat person wants to be skinny, a skinny person wants to be fat, <laughs> you know, uh, everyone has their own issues they deal with. So, right. um, grass is always greener. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to, I weigh 155 pounds. I'd like to get up to 160 um, and then 165. And, um, you know, so I'm eating more, trying to be more conscious um, of that, uh, reminding myself every couple of hours to just have something to eat. Uh, so, you know, it's a gradual change that I can uh, be consistent with. So it's not like some huge sweeping change to where I'm now eating so much, you know, I'm going to be one of these huge wrestlers, but it's enough for me to, you know, remind myself like, Hey, if I haven't had something, you know, a peanut butter and jelly or a yogurt or something, you know, in the last couple hours, like eat something. Keep going, um, going, keep yeah. that metabolism running. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, I don't really have like goals as far as I need to lift this amount of weight. Um, I don't really care about lifting super heavy weights. Sure. Um, you know, uh, I think the most I've ever deadlifted was 225 pounds. So um, because of COVID, <laughs> I haven't been able to really deadlift until uh, recently again. So just getting back there and I guess just being able to beat that at some point would be really cool. Um, but my biggest thing was always just being able to push myself. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of a personal journey. Uh, like I, I work with a virtual trainer and I tell them, like, I just want to be able to, um, to, to have the feeling of wanting to quit and then overcoming it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I told them when he writes my workouts, to write that and, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, that's for me has been the biggest growth recently. And I, you know, can attribute that a lot to working out just because I've had to push myself through exhaustion, you know, to, to keep going, um, you know, especially on some of those cardio days. So, you know, it's just, you know, kind of just getting better at whatever I'm doing. Uh, I use the assault bike, you know, uh, going a little bit faster on it, you know, you know, before my legs blow out, <laughs> uh, you know, I just being a little bit better at whatever I do, I guess each time. It's pretty incredible to even, uh, to see you even being able to use an assault bike or, you know, moving on to like wrestle kingdom or all these things that you've done over the last year. Or so, you know, after such a traumatic injury that you had, uh, tell us a little bit about your recovery from your knee injury. Um, you know, I, uh, I hurt my knee doing Lucha Libre. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
I did uh, Lucha, Los Luchas class at Santino's um, for a few weeks before I hurt my knee because I bit off more than I could chew. Um, we tend to do sometimes. Yeah, you know, um, really it was that I hadn't been training consistently enough and I kind of uh, pushed myself a little bit more than I probably should have uh, to try to keep up. But, you know, it was just a mistake and um, my form was wrong on the move that I was doing and uh, I just landed wrong on it. So um, I'm hurt sure my right knee. I didn't, yeah, unfortunately. Remember, what was your, uh, what was the move that you were trying to execute? It was a, um, so let's see, two of the wrestlers would have been bent over. So I did kind of like a hand stand like uh like spring over i don't know what it's called um and when i landed my feet were too close together mm. so my right knee buckled mm. um yeah and then, you know i actually ended up finishing the class which would pro probably didn't help <laughs> um hey that whole wrestler theater yeah exactly right if it doesn't matter what happens i gotta finish yeah um and yeah, I don't know. I I didn't know enough about the move to really try it, and I should have asked and spoken up and really talked. Yeah, talked about. Wait, what do I do when I land? <laughs> you know, um, because I was so focused on okay, I can jump over the first guy and do a handstand and you know spring off that second guy, but I didn't focus on the landing, and that was how I hurt myself. Um, but I don't know. It was fun. Like I love doing Los Luchas class. It was a lot of fun doing springboards and, you know, walking on the ropes and all that stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, same. I enjoyed, uh, you know, learning as much as I could uh, about the wrestling side of things when I was in training. Um, but, you know, it's been very admirable to see you um, go through the proper recovery process and you know build strength again in your legs and to work on your body as much as you have you know you're a big inspiration to me personally uh, as far as you know fitness journeys and things like that so thank you for that um, thank you we're gonna wind down here pretty quick but i've got uh just a couple of things that i want to ask you about first and foremost because i'm sure whoever watches this is going to wonder as i have been uh what the story behind that picture behind you is that is a uh, character of me from a holiday party uh, at my old job. Um, and we had a, a character artist there and um, mine was the only good one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else that he did just didn't really look like them. And, you know, a lot of people were actually offended by how much it didn't look like them. And they're like, I don't look like this, whatever. And then, you know, I think mine is maybe the first one he did. And I was like, it's actually pretty good. It actually looks like me. So I just, you know, put it on my wall. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Um, what kind of things do you have coming up that you'd like people to know about? Uh, how can they reach you online? If you'd like them to reach you online, how can they become a part of Santino Bros or your ref class if they're interested? Just lay down all the plugs for me. Um, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Ref Jeremy Marcus. Uh, you know, I like to interact with people as much as I can. Um, so definitely, you know, feel free to give me a follow and say what's up. Um, Literally say that. What's up? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more. 
you know. <laughs> uh, I'm on New Japan Strong every Friday night on New Japan World and Fight TV. And uh, if you want to join the Santino Bros, we're not accepting any new students into our ref class right now, but um, I'm sure there will be future opportunities. Uh, I would just follow uh, Santino Bros Wrestling. I'm not sure their, their Twitter handle or their Instagram handle. Um, but if you search for Santino Bros Wrestling, I'm sure that'll be the first thing that comes up. Um, and keep an eye out. I know right now they're doing online courses uh, that's open to anybody. So you don't need any kind of uh, experience at all within wrestling. Um, and that's just similar to what I'm doing is just giving people a foundation and an understanding of wrestling so that when we are able to get back in the ring, they can kind of hit the ground running. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you who are wondering, uh, you know, what Santino Bros is all about, uh, I will personally vouch and say that uh, Santino Bros is one of, if not the best place to go and learn how to do literally anything in professional wrestling uh, in the Southern California area, maybe in California altogether. Uh, they're top-notch professionals. Obviously, you know, things are a little hard right now, but uh, when the world starts again, as we like to say, uh, Santino Bros is one of the most highly uh, recommended accredited schools that you could uh, take part in. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I want to thank you very much for taking part in this. I really appreciated you coming on and, you know, giving us a little uh, insight into your life. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Odie. It's always a pleasure. Uh, you know, we always like to talk and have fun. So uh, thanks for inviting me on. Absolutely, man. Uh, thank you, folks, for tuning in to the Zebra Talk podcast. If you would like to know more about us, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all uh, YouTube now. It's all at Zebra Talk 123. Uh, if you would like to help support the Zebra Talk fund, you can find us at prowrestlingtees.com slash Zebra Talk. Or if you want to get one of these killer uh, tracksuits, you can reach out to me personally. Just email uh, the Zebra Talk 123 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for watching. Jeremy, thank you for being here. And uh, until next time, see you later. Bye. Thank you.